Logan just might be the most spiritual superhero ever. That and more on Better Call Saul in episode two of a fanboy and a know-it-all talk pop culture. Welcome, everybody. I'm Jake Roberson. I'm Paul Acey. And we are so excited to be here for episode two. We are. We're so excited. (laughs) Get loud! Because we're talking about Logan, which just released in theaters. And But before we get to Logan, before we get to our most favorite segment, which is called the most least important thing. It's your thing. favorite segment. It's my favorite it's, segment. I don't Paul know forgets mine. we even have a segment <laughs> called the most least important thing, and we talk about some Better Call Saul. Um, we're going to introduce a new segment called Rank Geeks. Which means we're ranking geeks? Um, yeah. Okay. It can mean a lot of things. It can mean we smell bad and we're geeks. It could mean we're ranking things <laughs> and we're geeks. Or, you know, whatever else you want to... Yeah. You guys, you guys tell us what you think Rank today, Geeks Jake. means. You're doing just fine. But for our first Rank Geeks topic, and we're going to spin this one to you on Facebook as well, make sure you check out our Facebook group called Pop Culture with Fan People and Know-It-Alls. You type it in, you should find us. <laughs> and we'll put up this prompt there, because our prompt for this segment of Rank Geeks is... The top five X-Men mutants. Top five X-Men mutants. I'm a little bit uh, handicapped with this because, as you know, Jake, my parents never let me read comic books. So, And then when you did, you were yeah. basically all DC, right? All DC. All DC all the time. And I, I am not, I'm not even really a huge X-Men movie fan, to tell right. you the they, truth. They've so, been pretty hot and cold. Well, I think that's really true. So, so I actually did a little bit of research. Good before this. That's what we like here. Yeah. Right well, we we had to uh, actually do a little bit of research, and so my number five one is a guy who I've never seen, but the description was oh. super cool. All right, hit lay him on me. Marrow, marrow, like this is bone a guy. Marrow? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm guessing so because his superpower is he can rip out bones from his bodies and use them as weapons. What? And they just, like, immediately regenerate? Well, I don't know. I don't know. You've I have never seen, seen him. You haven't read the comics. But it sounds like a super That's cool a power. That's pretty intense I would, I would power. totally get into that. All right. Can you imagine how cool meetings would be if you had that power? If you could rip out your own bone I think and, like, throw it into the wall as a show of force? <laughs> like, that's intense. And I should say, I forgot to say this at the top of our Rank Geek segment. We're each going to go back and forth giving our top five. Oh, okay. And then we have to make a combined... Top five. Oh goodness! Out of okay. all of these. All right, all right, all right. All right. So, um, so my number five uh, is Magneto, and I Which is also lame. never read the comics. My list gets more interesting, but I also never read the comics myself, and am relying solely on the fact that I've seen all nine X Men movies. Do you remember them all? Uh, pretty close. That's pretty like, good. Not all the details. They sort of go through Logan's yeah. no, no, exception. We'll get more. There's definitely stuff I don't remember. But right. but Magneto, I mean, it's just so cool because there's metal in so many different things. Yeah. And so the fact that he can manipulate so many different things just because there's metal. Like, that's pretty useful. I mean, I can open my fridge and I can send myself a can of soda anytime I want. I mean, that is practical. Yeah. So number five on my list I think is you Magneto. would totally screw up this, this podcast, though, because wouldn't the metal in the I control microphone... it, though. I don't have to let the field oh, yeah, go yeah, out yeah, uncontrolled. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not some sort of teenager right. who can't control exactly. his powers. Yeah, okay. I learned. All right. So uh, going on the, on the metal theme. All right, number four for you. My number four is Colossus. All right. I He's only... like all metal. He's all metal, and I, he was my favorite part of Deadpool. Uh, the, the movie Deadpool, <laughs> which was pretty rank and kind of funny, Colossus was definitely the best part. Of I it. should say that's the one X-Men movie I have not seen. Oh, really? Deadpool. So, 
There's ten because I forgot about Deadpool. I've seen nine. See, out of and 10. that Deadpool doesn't even really count. But but I have him on my list later, so I'll get to that. All right. All right so all my right. number four is Quicksilver. Who's an Avenger? But he's also in the X Men movies. Yeah, technically, I think he's like an X Men. Right. Than an but I, I will have to say, like the X Men. Boy, movies, this is really geeky. You named this section well. It's, yeah, it's, it's super oh, geeky. Goodness. Because especially as I get into this Quicksilver, I was totally. I was not a fan of Quicksilver, how he was portrayed in the Avengers movies. Didn't really care. Didn't really notice him. He was there. Spoiler alert. And then he's He gone. dies. Yeah. But then I caught up on X-Men Days of Future Past and Apocalypse, where they introduce Quicksilver in the X-Men universe. And the scenes with him, have you – like, do you remember those? Where, like, everything freezes, uh, but it's still kind of moving, and he's, like, rocking out to some old rock and roll. You know, honestly, I don't even think I reviewed those. Oh, my goodness. Like, those are – like, <laughs> just YouTube those scenes. They are the best scenes in the entire movie. All right. And totally sold me on Quicksilver. Like, he literally saves in a, the entire school – at, at, at Professor you know Xavier yeah, yeah, School yeah, yeah, for yeah. the Special Children, he saves them all in the middle of an explosion. That's very it's nice. Fascinating. Of yeah, and very so nice that totally sold me on Quicksilver. I would love to have his super speed. All right, number three. Number three, Wolverine. All right. In all my research, Wolverine <laughs> is always number one. But I'm putting him as number three, and this is this is before Logan. Okay, pre Logan. Pre Logan. Because Logan feels like it's not necessarily canon to the X-Men, you know, it feels but like... But it, it is actually based in the comics. I did read that. It is, yeah. it is. But I, I think that the the version might be sort of like, oh, you know, the the Dark Knight comic, you know, that, that was... Yeah, right, right. Anyway, okay, yeah. we're, get, we're geeking out. He, I mean, but Wolverine so is... Go Wolverine ahead. Is, is very cool, but he seems just a little bit too grouchy. He's, he's you know, the Oscar the Grouch it, of the X-Men Yeah, universe. he really is. He's, he's pretty grouchy. And, and although I like his claws and everything, and I know that he's dealing with some angst in his life for having that whole antimantium skeleton. Adamantium. Is that what it, how you, you said? You said antimantium. Antimantium. That's, that's from Adamantium. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, stapled onto his, his skeleton. So I know he's that dealing with painful. some stuff. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Even but, if you could heal. So number three for me. All right. Number three for me, and two and three was hard. I went back and forth on this, but... Uh, Nightcrawler landed in in three for me because so who is that? Nightcrawler is the one that teleports, you know. Oh, so do you yeah, remember yeah, from yeah. like X Men Two when it was oh. Alan Cumming, right? It was Alan Cummings. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, fellow geeks, but where he takes the White House in that opening scene of X Men Two, <laughs> like that blew my mind when I saw that. I was like, that is amazing superpower. <laughs> he just poof, poof, poof. It's like he's in front of you and he's behind you and he just threw you through a window and then he goes out the window and punches you back in. I mean, come on, Nightcrawler! <laughs> yeah, you sold me. And he can He's, climb on the he walls. He should have made my so list now too. And he, <laughs> and he has night vision, Nightcrawler. Oh yeah, yeah. And he is invisible in shadows. I mean, guys, Nightcrawler. That, yeah. That's why it made it hard. That it, you guys will see when I go to number two why I went with number two, but that's why it was hard for me not to put him at number well, two. Well, I can understand that. Yeah. Now that you describe it, I can understand that. Um, my number two, Wolverines. <laughs> Arch nemesis on the X Men team, Cyclops. Oh, really? Cyclops. I like Cyclops. You know, well, the That's thing is, That's a sucky superpower. Well, <laughs> it's not a sucky <laughs> superpower. It's really cool. You get to wear shades all the time, and I think that this oh, is like actually res- residual um, hard feelings from my days okay. in high school, right? Okay. Because I was a nice guy, 
and all the girls always like these bad boys like Wolverine. <laughs> and so I, I sort of put myself in oh. Cyclops. And I wore glasses, too. Yeah, so, so you, were, you were kind of upset with that whole Jean Grey oh, yeah. Wolverine tension. Yeah, why like not go with Cyclops? Tension. He's a nice yeah. guy. He right. tries to do the right hey, thing. Hey, if you love Wolverine, you just yeah. end up dead. Spoiler alert. Well, <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert. All right. All right, number two for me, even though I haven't seen the movie, number two for me is Deadpool. Um, Not even a real <laughs> Because, come on, he's got this mashup no, of all this stuff. No, and you know what? He's not even a real mutant. It like, counts. It, it counts. It count. was on the official Wikipedia list. I double-checked just no, to make sure. No, it doesn't He does count. stuff with the X-Men. It's mutants. He it's not was, official squad like members. Captain America it's not official. His... It's not official squad members because yeah. Magneto wasn't always on that, the squad. It's not like Neither was Quicksilver. To be an official mutant, We're talking about top born. five mutants, not top you five X-Men. No, no. To be a mutant, you have to be That's born. That's not true. Yeah, yeah. That's not no, true. No, it totally is. Did you... We're going to get to this in Logan, but <laughs> it's not true, Paul. Oh, it totally is. It's not. But Deadpool, he okay. has the teleportation of Nightcrawler. He's got the healing of Wolverine. Plus, he knows Gunkata, which is the most incredible yeah. form of... Yeah. Fighting it was, ever. It was all grafted onto him in some terrible experiment that went wrong. He, yeah, he but was not a mutant. That's okay. He became a mutant. Well, does does that make Captain America? Dude, a you're a man no. of faith. Like, <laughs> we're not all born into the faith. We have to become uh, Christians. All right. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just won that one. All right. All right. right. Number one. Who's your number one? Plus, he breaks the fourth wall. Going back to Deadpool. Oh yeah. Which is great. Well, yeah. Yeah. If you so, don't swear so much, well, great. But, that, but that's part of his character. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. We, I know. I, I'm not saying I endorse him. I'm just saying he's fun. Okay. As a mutant. <laughs> Number one for me. Number one. Professor X. Really? Because he's 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 Patrick Stewart, and Patrick Stewart is cool in everything that he does. Yeah, but. That's also, to me, a pretty crappy superpower. Oh, it's a great it's, superpower. It's, sure, it's the most powerful, but it's also the most painful. Well, He's got to feel the, the pain of the entire world. Well, it, th- see, that's what makes him great. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that this is a power that I want, <laughs> nor do I want to be bald, which I am. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's really, it's really cool and he deals with it well and he inspires all these other X-Men to do good things. He does and, handle it well. I'll give yeah. him that. Yeah. All right, my number one is Mystique. Which actually. is a weird one. It's a weird wow. one, and, and it's not because of her blue skin. It's not because of the fact that she's always played yeah, by I think that's, yeah. you know attractive individuals. It's yeah, actually Jennifer because Lawrence. how, or Re- Rebecca Romine's oh, yeah, Stamos yeah, yeah, yeah. before yeah. that, um, for all you real geeks. Um, old but, geeks. <laughs> for the old geeks. No, that came out when I was in junior high and high school. <laughs> uh, but... The, the ability to, like, change into anybody, and stay, again, like, it's very practical to me. There's so much <laughs> yeah. fun I could have by by transforming. So I can see we took two different tactics here. You <laughs> went by just, like, the favorite ones you, you've yeah, seen. The, the I went by ones where I'm like, group. I want to be that mutant. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, like, it would be pretty cool to have that power and just to instantaneously look and sound like anyone you wanted. Well, and you'd look good, good blue, I think. I you know? would look great in yeah. blue. Yeah, no, I think If somebody be... wants to Photoshop me in blue, I ain't hating it. <laughs> I would be Meryl. I mean, Meryl would be super cool. That's that. I okay. So that actually brings us to we got to make a top five here for us. No, oh, we got to do it fast. We've and, got other things to talk about. Um. All right. And I'm looking at our list here. Yeah. Uh, I, I would win. be comfortable replacing Magneto with Meryl. Okay. And all right. I, yeah, yeah. 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 
Because I, I agree, that's a pretty flipping sweet yeah. um, power to be able to rip bones out and oh, like, do stuff yeah. with them. Come on now. Like Hit Samson, somebody over the head think of what Samson could have done with oh, that. Yeah. Like he had to rely on old donkey bones, but if he was just like ripping, it would yeah. have been like 10,000 instead of 1,000 yeah. for sure. No. All right, In- so for, for number four, we have Quicksilver and we have Cyclops. Uh, actually, it's Quicksilver and Colossus. Oh, Colossus. I'm sorry. I look at your number yeah. two. Yeah, I'm um, amazed you can read that. Um, I, and I, I would say that Colossus is definitely the better of the two. Why? Because I only saw Quicksilver yeah, you, and Quicksilver. I was not Avengers. very impressed with him. But, I mean, <laughs> he's got this, again, a bomb explodes as he's uh, coming up to the school, and he is able to run right, through the right, entire right, right, school right, right. and save everybody. We'll give you Quicksilver. And Colossus is just big and metal. No, we'll, we'll give you Quicksilver. But don't you like Colossus's like Russian Colossus accent? Colossus has a cool accent. I'll give you He's that. He's pretty awesome. But like, as far as a superpower goes, it's like okay, you're yeah, hard yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're strong. No, I hear that. But what does that but do? See, you Quicksilver... take a lot of abuse. But Quicksilver, again, you got to see it to to see what he's capable of to save an entire like dozens of people from an explosion. You know that happens like that. I mean, that's a useful superpower. <laughs> we'll give you Quicksilver. We're going for Quicksilver, people. All right, you can't. Now for this is where three, we need a third party in the future to yeah no you actually make should get the a decision. Vote. Yeah. You know what we should do? We should have these people vote, like our our two listeners vote on. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that down the line. All right, all right, all right. All right number three, Wolverine is clearly uh, better than Nightcrawler. Oh, this is painful for me. But you have to agree. Everybody, no, I everybody don't out there would, would totally agree. You might Wolverine, like him better, but let's think no, about the mutant no, ability, no, no, like no. to heal yourself. All right, that's pretty great. All right. Can heal himself. I'll give you Wolverine. All right, all right. Uh, number two, Deadpool or Cyclops? Well, see, I this think this is a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer because Deadpool is not a mutant. He is a mutant. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're born no, or no, become enhanced. No, you are a mutant. No, he is not a mutant. Deadpool, Cyclops. That's he just blasts stuff out of his eyes, which is great. No, but Deadpool awesome. can do so many different things. My wife sometimes got does more. that. She can blast them out of her ass. <laughs> well, yeah, because you, you Like know. Matilda? Well, no, it's it's if she gets really mad. I'm writing a Deadpool know? right now because he... Because Cyclops has one power, and he has to wear sunglasses because of it. Whereas Deadpool can teleport, and he can heal, and he's super strong, well, you and just, he's fast. You just invalidated the whole list. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> and number one... Yeah. Mystique yeah. or Professor X? Professor X wins because he's an actual he's an actual mutant. This, this one, one I can give to you. Well, so is Mystique. Oh yeah. Well, Deadpool though. You know. Well, Dead, I'm going Deadpool is an actual Deadpool. mutant. But this one I can give to you because I I did heavily debate having him on here because he is super powerful. Yeah. Like probably the arguably the most powerful out of all of these. Uh, but I did I didn't personally like. You know the pain aspect of it because I like my comfort. Like well, I said, yeah. I like Magneto because I know I can bring myself sodas. Yeah, you know who almost made my list? Who's that? Legion. Legion. Just reviewed oh, the FX show. We need show to talk Legion. about that one. That might yeah, have to we'll, be we'll have on to wait on episode three. Okay. Um, all right. So the definitive Rank Geeks top five mutants from the X Men universe. Completely invalidated because number of five Marrow, who can rip out his own bones and use them as weapons. Number four Quicksilver, who can save people in the middle of a bomb explosion. Number three, Wolverine, who can heal himself and his adamantium bones, and that were not there originally. <laughs> Number two, Deadpool, who has a combination of healing, superpower, strength, and teleportation, and gun kata. And number one, Professor X, the man who can control 
pretty much everything with his mind. There you have it, folks. Share it with all your friends. We need theme music for this. (laughs) We do need theme music. If anybody has some, like, uh, duty-free, not, that's not the word. Um, <laughs> royalty-free music. Uh, maybe I'll talk with with my son. He he can do that. Sweet, so, so. love it. All right, all right. So, Wolverine came in at number three on our definitive top five, but arguably, and I will start off our Logan discussion with this. Wolverine's most <laughs> recent movie called Logan, yeah, is probably the best X Men movie. X-Men related movie that has been made to date. Not probably. I think it is hands down the best. Like I say, I was not very much of an X-Men movie fan. They they sort of blow hot and cold for me. Logan, I think it's the best. Okay, let's give some caveats here because it is R-rated and, you know, it does have some problems with it. Content caveat with (laughs) Paul A.C. exactly right. So, content caveat. But, in terms of the movie and in terms of the resonance of the story, I think it's the best superhero movie since Dark Knight. Yeah. And and I actually, I feel like my context is pretty good here because I was behind. Um, Yes, I still haven't seen Deadpool. Uh, Probably am not going to watch Deadpool unless VidAngel returns from the dead. But uh, um, I did have to catch up on Days of Future Past and Apocalypse over the weekend just so I – it didn't matter because Logan ultimately feels like it's a movie. But watching both of those movies, I think one of the things with the X-Men movies, it's always been a struggle is it's very much grounded in the real world. But you have – I always feel like they've had a hard time – not always, but sometimes I had a hard time connecting these very fantastical right. superheroes into that real world, which is a hard thing when it's so intertwined. Well, and the other it's thing... It's not like they're yeah. on Asgard, like they might be in Thor. Right, right, right. And the other thing about those X-Men movies is there's so many X-Men to right. deal with. You know, yeah. When you look at the old X-Men movies, Storm, played by Halle Berry, not a bad actress, she was completely wasted in those movies because there right. just wasn't enough time no to dedicate. Yeah, yeah, and so the the thing that I really loved about Logan is is number one, just as you say, it's really grounded in the real world. It feels more like a western, really does. than a superhero movie. And number two, it's really concentrated on three main characters: Logan, Wolverine, uh, Professor X, Charles Xavier, and this little girl named Laura, who turns out to be a mutant herself. Nope. Oh, oh, so now she's a mutant. No, no, she was totally a mutant. She she was All right, spoiler alert, guys. We're, we I, we forgot to preface all this with yeah. this is not a spoiler free. Yeah, no, Logan there's podcast. lots of So lots we'll make sure we note that uh, elsewhere and if you don't want spoilers, you can jump ahead to the next section of the show. You can go to our website. I'll put a timestamp in there so that you can get to the mostly important things segment without having Logan spoiled. So there is your Although it's going to be the best Fanboy, part of our know conversation. Fanboy, know-it-all, talk pop culture, spoiler alert. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and, and really that Laura's a, a... She was manufactured, a, though. No, she was not. Yes, yeah, she was. She was. She was, she was they, they, they manipulated DNA from a mutant, put that in with a human egg. She was... Then, so she, you know... She was, she was a was test tube baby. She was yeah. born a mutant, so because and she was a test tube baby... And then fused with adamantium. Well, but that's, that's different, because the superpowers are different than the... Adamantium <laughs> skeleton. True. That's sort of an augmentation. So right, but I still would contend that she was made into a mutant. Yeah, she, they had to manipulate science to make that's a sign a of your mutant talking baby. Your, your youthful inexperience <laughs> talking. You they, do not know. It wasn't like they just went to a random couple and said, "Hey, you have babies." In fact, that's actually a plot line. I know I got us a little derailed here, <laughs> but it's actually a whole plot line that they've wiped out mutants 
by infecting our soft drinks and energy drinks with that's not part of Logan. inoculation. Yeah, it is in Logan. Is it? That's what they talk about at the end. Like that's how they were able to stop mutants from being born. Mm. So in this future, in 2029, a new mutant has not been born for a good in, long for while. 25 years. Yeah. And at the very end, there's a line from the doctor before he dies. You know, who's there's not a true. He's not. He's kind of the villain behind the villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, but he he has a line about. How you know the way they fought mutants and then create like and then eventually created their own is how they started infusing all this stuff you know that we drink and consume hmm. like snack foods and energy drinks like yeah. that stuff that people use to keep themselves awake and entertained. Yeah, I must have been marking down F words. Yeah, probably stuff. or uh, claws shooting through skulls. But anyways, I got yeah. us. I got us off track. You really did. You were talking about how it focuses on these three characters. These three. I characters. challenged you on your definition of a mutant, but let's get back to the three characters. <laughs> yeah. And it really is a very powerful story, I think, and and I love the intimacy of it. It really becomes sort of a, a family movie in a way and that it deals with this father figure who's going a little bit crazy Professor X Charles Xavier um, the anger filled dad character and this little girl this innocent girl who nevertheless kills a lot of people in the movie <laughs> but it's it's there's something really resonant I think about how they interact with each other it feels it feels very not realistic but it feels very germane to the human experience I think you right. know and as I as I watched, it really made me think about just sort of how how it sort of shows sort of the cycle of of family really where where you listen to your elders and then eventually you're 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 taking care of them yourself and you see elements of that throughout the the entire movie and I right. I really thought it was very well done. Yeah, in an era where like all these superhero movies want to be big and bombastic and the whole world is at stake, like they they run this risk and not just run this risk but they just run full-fledged into committing right. this crime of really not making us care right right because right. everything everything is a world-ending event okay how is he going to destroy the world this time oh that looks like the same way the guy did it in the last movie uh and so by actually going back to a smaller more intimate storyline yeah. where it's not about the fate of the universe it's not about the fate of a country it's or about this a school. One it's girl. about this one little girl. Yeah, yeah, and I, I and so that beautiful. really draws you into the emotion of the movie, and and makes it something much different from its predecessors. Yeah, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think I think the intimacy draws you into the story so much, and the performances were great. I oh, mean, yeah. this is the best I've ever seen Hugh Jackman in anything. I think, and uh, and it just it just sucks you into the story and makes you feel a part of this small little world where things seem like they're they're falling apart and you you have some of the characters clinging to hope and to faith as much as they can throughout these these really terrible things. Yeah, and what it did for me and it was it superhero stories and science fiction stories, fiction fantasy tales, all of that has a can have a very powerful way of teaching us real life lessons. Mm -hmm. And and I think sometimes that can get lost in the big bombastic Absolutely. Like we talked about, but when you get into the the small and the nitty gritty, you can teach these very personal lessons. Yeah, and we know J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were great about exploring that in characters. And of course, this is much more graphic, than, much more than what you get with a Lord of the Rings or a Chronicles of Narnia. <coughs> it's R-rated, but 
it's a very quiet study of these individuals when you get yeah. away from the the violence and the gore that's right. there it, it it feels like it's a very quiet character study in some ways yeah the really way is. you are watching him tend to his ailing father figure and professor mm-hmm. x and struggle with his own loss of hope and his own loss of vitality and 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 there he is looking about is any of this worth it and i've got this escape on one end in the world and i've got this escape out of the world with this bullet or with this boat right right you right know, he's looking to buy this boat to either escape the world but stay in it if he can kind of cling to that hope if he can if he can get some money but then if that fails he can just escape the world with this adamantium bullet right and and that was to me one of the more poignant threads that undercut this whole movie was him struggling with who the wages of his own sin right the wages of other people's sins against him Mm -hmm. and where that leaves him now yeah yeah no i i think that's absolutely right and i like your i like your take on escape because i think that that's what we're really sort of looking at here is is um we we're in logan we see a broken down wolverine who's lost you know he's always been a pretty grouchy pretty uh troubled character throughout all of his history but but there's always been sort of something fighting you can almost see the fight within his own psyche and soul to, yeah, they to do actually, the right thing they actually quote in apocalypse that he's a survivor yeah yeah, and I think that or he... That, that was actually referring to Magneto, but it's also been used to refer to yeah. Wolverine. Yeah, no, and I, I think that it's 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 one of those things where the, the fight has worn him down. He's seen his friends die. He's seen um, the person who mentored him sort of slip into dementia. Uh, Charles Davier is dealing... The, the greatest mind on Earth is dealing with that mind breaking down bit by bit with right. disastrous consequences. And... and he really has sort of lost all sense of hope. And um, I think the story in it, at its soul is really about um, Logan finding a sense of meaning and a sense of purpose and about finding that, that spark that he needs to keep going. And that spark is found within this little girl who turns out to be his biological daughter. Yep. Never knew her, but it is her, his biological daughter. And, and he resists that, that sense of uh, affection, of love, that, that he slowly begins to feel for her. He even, there's even a scene where she grasps his hand, mm-hmm. and he rips it out of her, her hand and, and sort of storms off as if he's almost going to drive off. He fights this attachment until the very end. And then one of the, the most powerful moments in the movie, I think, is at the very end where he goes, oh, this is what it feels like. Yeah. You know, this is what it feels like to be part of a family. This is what it feels like to be loved. This is what it feels like to love. And that's a really powerful message within the, in, within the context of this movie. Right, yeah, to let himself open up and care for somebody in an unguarded way. And I actually had a great discussion with a friend after I watched this movie, and maybe we'll have this friend on the show in the future to talk about some other stuff because he likes geeky, nerdery things. But um, this idea that, yeah, he spent his whole life angry. He spent his whole life fighting against injustice out of anger. Yeah. And and that was his way of bringing some control yeah. to the chaos that he experienced and that he saw in the world. And what we see in Logan is... He, he's he's not healing yeah. anymore. He's getting old. He's breaking down. And so he's 
you know, in addition to just being powerless in general to stop everything that's happened to his friends and to, you know, Professor X and to himself, you know, he's grappling with this loss of purpose. Right. Because that was the only thing in a, in a large part that kept him going mm-hmm. was that he could he could bring himself some sense of purpose, some sense of retribution, some sense of justice, and and things could kind of make sense right. if he could mete out this justice on the injustice that he saw with violence. Right. And now that that's been kind of being taken away from him, you know, he's in this despair. Yeah. And I was talking with this friend who was talking about our culture's obsession with manliness and like warrior manliness and to be a man and to to really be strong you must be you must be a manly man you must be strong and vital and vibrant and be able to fight and just be violent against injustice and what we were talking about is the call and we're going to get a little faithy here uh, which is not a bad thing but the call of Jesus that like that violence against sin against injustice also and actually more importantly is a violence against ourselves internally or against our own sin against our own brokenness to bring to allow us to be vulnerable and open to that love yeah and i think we see some pretty strong uh calls to that in this movie yeah um and, yeah. and it could have been stronger but it didn't need to be because at the same he's wrestling with i have this stuff in me you know as he's on this journey with this girl that I've got to deal with, and yeah, um, no, and and I think what you said earlier, and I it, there was an article in Christianity Today that I think yeah. touched on this as well was the wages of sin, yep. you know, and and I think that that one of the things that that Logan did really responsibly and really poignantly, I think, is is um, throughout the movie you see these little snippets of this old western called Shane, mm. um, which my dad made me watch when I was a little kid. Hated it then because it has a really <laughs> annoying kid in it, but that's beside the point. It's a great movie otherwise. I need to watch it. It really is a great movie, it, and it, it, it talks a lot about just how um, even even in the context of this old west environment where it is sort of this manly world that you're talking about, um, there's a cost involved with with the killing of people, with this constantly warring against other people. And and the character in Shane sees it. You see it throughout the movie in these old snippets, and, and you see it in Logan, too. You see um, the toll that it's taken on him. And I really liked that. It, it felt really powerful to me. Um, and the fascinating thing about this movie is, even though it's it's really violent, and at times gratuitously so, the heart of the movie is not violence, but rather it's this element of, of faith and hope and love. I mean, that's what it comes back to, and that's what Logan is searching for. After all this violence is done, and there's a lot of violence done, um, it comes back to those core, those core things that really make life essential, this faith, hope, love, that make life worth living. And he finds those at the very end. Yeah, and I like that because... He, he tr- that's what he tries to pass on to his daughter mm-hmm. in his last breath. Like, even though the line that you hear twice in the movie, once from Shane himself and once from the little girl, Laura, repeating this line is, you know, right or wrong, it's a brand. Mm-hmm. It sticks with you. Yep. And and that's how Logan has felt for so long. Right or wrong, this is my brand, and it's stuck with me, and that's just who I... The people who I care about die. Bad things happen to them. And... At the very end, as he's on his deathbed, as he's looking up at his daughter... Spoiler. 
we already did our spoiler. Alert. <laughs> so if you didn't leave, it's your fault. Um, he's looking up at her and he says, you know, be, be something different. Be, be, better, be better than, they, than made they made you. Yeah. And that is the heart of the Christian gospel message from Jesus. Yeah. Like here you were, you were distorted and you were made and you were sinful and you're broken and you've made some bad decisions, but you can be better yep. than they made you. And we know as Christians that that better comes from Jesus. That comes from faith. That comes from being remade. Yeah. Um, no. But it's like he kind of he kind of sees, he's accepted that this is who he is and this is all he can be. But then as he's dying, he sees a different vision for his child. He says, oh, no. Yeah. Even though you've done, you're not like what, eleven years old, and you've done all the same stuff I have. Right. Right. You know, it's you've a little bit disingenuous in a way, but but it's like, but that doesn't have to be your mark. Right. 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 Exactly. And I, I think that for me, this movie. Before we move on, this movie, and I don't know whether you agree with this, but it felt, it felt pretty Christian in terms of sort of this this redemptive walk of Logan. Um, there's an element of of salvation taking place here, particularly at the end. You know, he he is in his own way saved um, by this little girl. And, and granted, it's not you know, it's definitely not theologically sound. Right. There, and but there's, there's no elements suggestion to that it. he goes to heaven or anything like that. But, yeah. but when you look at the movie too, and you see all these little these little hints, these pointers toward Christianity. You have right. a family who talks deeply about their faith. You have yeah. uh, Professor X mentioning faith. You have... Well, you have Logan himself saying, you know, I used to think that God made us this way. But now I think, he, you know, now I wonder if he just made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and it, there, it always is reflected back to this idea of what is God's purpose for me, for my life. And in the end, I think Logan in his own bittersweet way finds finds that purpose right and that you know and, and embraces his own the failure of his own body i really liked how uh, mm. they talked about it i believe it was in that same christianity today piece you know uh especially with the credit song being um man comes around the man comes yeah, around johnny cash great by johnny song. cash and this idea that you know all of our heroes all of you know, our great icons, all of these superheroes of, in the real world or in the fake world, like they all are mortal. They're all pale in comparison to the man who comes around. You know, that's kind of the idea of that Johnny Cash song. And, and I think Logan finally comes to peace with that and realizes that in passing it on to his daughter, you know, yeah, that, that it's not about him being immortal. It's not about him being the greatest anymore. It's not about him finding justice. It's about passing something on to the next generation. It's about being better than they made you. Better than they made you. So there you have it, our spoiler-filled discussion yep. on Logan. Yep. And before we – I do, I did want to ask this question. You know, all right, we have this R-rated superhero movie trend, and they kill Wolverine in this one. Where does the X-Men franchise go from here? I mean, because they've had two hit well, movies that have been R-rated superhero movies. Is that the new trend? Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a good question because it's almost like two separate questions. I think right. the whole the whole X Men franchise is surely due for a reboot. I mean, they they reboot Spider Man every time you turn True. around, pretty much. Um, whether we'll see more R-rated superhero movies. As as much as I liked Logan, I I hope not. Um, 
Because I, I think that in most cases it's not necessary. I think you can make an argument that's, that's fairly legitimate that maybe it was needed in, in, in Logan's case. Right. Um, but I would hate to see, you know what, I would hate to see an R-rated Batman movie. Um, I think oh, that would see, be... Go ahead, go ahead. I, I think that that would be... Uh, I just don't know. I just, I just don't think it's necessary. I, and keep in mind, I'm, I'm an old movie warm. Right, so I I love old westerns where you never saw any blood and people just sort of fell over. I, to me, you don't need to see a lot of blood for there to be a lot of resonance with the story. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Though I will say, as much of a train wreck as Batman versus Superman was in so many ways, what I actually really wanted, and maybe they'll do this in the next Batman movie. I don't know. I haven't paid enough attention. But I really wanted to like get to know. Ben Affleck's Batman, you know, this bat that's been so jaded and over this two decades of crime fighting that now he brands, you know, people like that felt like a very interesting dark night take, like even maybe darker than they went in the dark night with Heath Ledger, which is saying something because Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger's Joker was pretty dark. Uh, but I will say I was intrigued by the idea of, you know, an R rated Batman movie not necessarily because he needs to kill people, but just because there's a lot of grit and grime in Gotham, and there's only so much of that you can show in a PG-13 version. Now, Christopher Nolan proved it can be done, Yep. Uh, and so I'm not saying it's necessary, but I would be intrigued by it. So, weigh in with what if you it think. If oh, it comes about, we'll, no, we'll just have to see. We'll I mean, see. you just don't know. I, I could be proven wrong, but, but for right now, I just think, uh, I, I want to keep... I want to be able to, you know, the thing about superheroes is is that they do give you some some great. Um, they're a great way for for kids sometimes to to sort of learn about morality, to learn about right and wrong, and all that sort of stuff. And I, I don't necessarily want to see kids barred from that experience yeah. too much. No, that's you know? fair. And as a father with young children, I totally understand that. Yeah. So, uh, what do you guys think? Weigh in on our Facebook group, which is called Pop Culture with Fan People and Know It Alls. That's you, Paul. That's me, and that's all of our friends on the interwebs. So, search for us on Facebook and join in the conversation. All right, now it's on to the most least important thing where Paul and I each bring an item from pop culture world, pop yeah. culture land. I, I actually that, brought something this week. And Paul has actually brought something this week. And it's something that's not getting talked about a lot but maybe should be. And we'll make our case. So I'm going to lead off again this week with the news that coming to Netflix Instant Streaming on March 27th is Better Call Saul Season 2. Now, why is that the most least important thing? Well, I don't think Better Call Saul has gotten some people talking about it, but not it's not burning up the way Breaking Bad did back right. in the day. And and for those of you who don't know, Better Call Saul is a prequel series to sort of sort of prequel simultaneous series to Breaking Bad. Um, and I've actually never seen Breaking Bad, which is, yeah. <laughs> but I started watching Better Call Saul when they added season one to Netflix, which is which is still has some of the same darkness of Breaking Bad, but it's funnier and lighter. It is, it yeah. It's it's a different descent into darkness. It's a, it's a it's a fascinating thing to me, and why I think it's an important thing to me is what I from what I understand with Breaking Bad because I did see the first episode of Breaking Bad is you have this you know generally nice guy who descends into darkness because of all these X factors that push him there, uh, and, well decisions he makes 
and then right more decisions he makes. Right, right, we'll right, say right. it that way. He's on the line for it. But what you have with Better Call Saul is this character who was a like kind of was naturally a lousy guy. <laughs> kind of a creep. He's a creep and a con man who decides to go straight and take care of his family and or his brother is his only family but and take care of, and and he's going to do things by the book and he's going to make a good name for himself and he's going to do things the right way and so he spends season 1 doing all these good things like or trying to do the right thing trying to fight his nature which is a con man lousy creep of a guy and say I'm going to do things the right way for the, I'm going to do the right things the right way. That's a very optimistic reading of this show. Well, but but that's what I mean is he's he's foiled, and so you see this man who starts bad, but is I'm going to make a complete change. I'm going to be good, even though all my tendencies tell me to do the wrong thing. I'm going to make the right decision. He does it really messy, but like you watch his, so you watch a, a an arc from bad to like you're like oh maybe it's redemption, but then backsliding into the darkness. Yeah, and so I think it's just a fascinating study because I think I think a lot of us can feel that way. We have this sense that we've got these issues, but man, we're going to do the right things the right way, and I've got these good intentions with my kids or my wife or my job or X number of situations, and by golly, I'm going to pick myself up and and be a good person. But it's so easy to start slipping back into it when you're faced with an unjust world. Well, and I think one of the great things about Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul is that it really it really communicates how important these little tiny decisions are yep. in the person you are and the person you become. And I think I think in some ways it's a it's a great illustration of just um, how it, particularly in Breaking Bad's case is how a good person can be turned bad one very small shuffling step at a time. Right. And I know that, that Better Call Saul has some of that too, but it is funnier. Have you watched all of season one? No, I have not. See, I think I think you should watch all of season one before you say I'm being too generous because I really, I mean, the dude ends up like taking care of the elderly and the sick and like he's doing, he's... But we know where he's going. Well, we know where he's going. we do, but I think, again, it's a fascinating journey from bad to good. To bad again. Back into the bad because it shows... Just how well-meaning. Yeah. Because, again, with, with with Breaking Bad, again, from what I understand, because I did a lot of reading about it back in the day, mostly Paul's stuff. Um, but, like, he just kind of goes full bore. He's like, things aren't going – things are rough. I'm going to just start making drugs. Like, And, of course, that gets worse and he gets consumed by it. But here what you have with Better Call Saul and why I think it's fascinating is you have somebody that's like, I'm going yeah. to be redeemed. I'm going to be a redeemable character. I'm going to go from bad to good. Which we love as Christians, right? But then it's hard in the long run. Yeah. It's hard when you reach hit those obstacles. And I think – and you find yourself really empathizing with Saul or Jimmy. Yeah. And you're just like, I can totally see how he made that decision. Wow, because I might have in that same situation because I'm so, you really empathize with his frustration. As somebody who's trying to do the right thing and seeing all these people getting screwed and he's like – if I were to act, you know, bad again, I could help fix these bad situations. And then you start making bad decisions. All right, sorry, there's there's my most oh. least important thing, guys. Better yeah, that, Call that Saul almost, Season 2. That almost took as long as a Better Call Saul episode, Woo. actually. All right, so, what do you got for us, all right, Paul? All right, so 
This one is going to go on a totally different track. It is it is the most least important thing because it's really important <laughs> because it's a Bible movie, right? A Bible movie. It's the Gospel of Mark. And I have a copy. You brought a literal copy. I have a copy of it right here. And to be honest with you, it, it is it is it is not getting a lot of, you know, it doesn't I have, have a not lot even of heard about this notoriety. Movie, to be it's honest. being released um, March 14th. Okay, so DVD. it's not even out yet. This is an advanced copy? Correct. This is an what? advanced copy because we are that powerful yeah. in the media world. The Gospel of Mark. Tell me about this copy. movie. So it's a word for word rendition of the Gospel of Mark, obviously. So they went the Kenneth Branagh. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and, it, and it sort of echoes what they did with the Gospel of John a few years ago, which was a really good movie. I haven't watched this particular movie, The Gospel of Mark, but I have read the book, and the book is pretty good. <laughs> I do like the book. <laughs> so, it's a hard book. I shouldn't say I like yeah. all of it. It's yeah. difficult because it convicts me, but yeah, it's it, a good book. So, And, and I think that, that if you're really interested in, in you know movies about Gospels, you should go to Walmart and pick one up if you wanted to, or... Here's another option. We could just give away this copy what? that I have in my hand. The Gospel of Mark. Uh, so we're going to do a little bit of a Facebook contest. Find us at Pop Culture with Fan People and Know-It-Alls on Facebook or come to Paul or I on Twitter. Paul is at ACPaul, A-S-A-Y-P-A-U-L, or at Jake underscore Roberson, R-O-B-E-R-S-O-N, or Again, come to our Facebook group because it's awesome and we nerd out about movie yeah. things. Yeah. But anyways, tell us what your favorite biblical movie is. Oh my goodness, that's a good question. And you will be entered to win <laughs> this <laughs> copy, this advanced copy of the Gospel of Mark that I hold in my hands right that's now. That's right, it's actually been touched by Jake It's Robertson. been touched by both Paul and Jake. Uh, and Not at the same time. Not at the same time, but for you, special winner, if you come and tell us what your favorite biblical movie is we could give this to you unopened or we could give you the official opened watched version where one of us yeah. will have opened this movie and watched it no, on our home be... system and you get to decide who has who has to watch it yeah 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 we'll give it to you unopened i promise <laughs> i promise we'll unless keep you want away. it opened <laughs> we'll keep jake away from the movie we'll just have uh, him read the book again again you can enter by going to Pop culture with fan people and know it all on Facebook or by tweeting at AC Paul or at Jake Roberson. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode two of the podcast we like to call a fanboy and a know it all talk pop culture. Paul? It was great. This was fun. We need to argue more often. We will keep arguing for your pleasure. <laughs> so keep tuning in. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a rating. And help us come to the masses because everybody wants to hear what we have to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. It's <laughs> a right. nice thought, though. Well, but at least we can catch you next time. Bye.